well. Welcome to your favorite Thursday podcast. I'm Nick Mitchell. And I'm Scott Tedford Barnes. And you are listening to Legends of Sports Ball, an educational celebration of useless jock knowledge. Thank you for joining us. We have a very special episode for you today, don't we, Scotty? So they're all so special. Today is the 100-year anniversary of the Negro League. Yeah. Um, so begin in 1920, the MLB tweeted out today, Commissioner Manfred announced today that MLB is officially elevating the Negro Leagues to major league status, culminating the centennial celebration of the founding of the Negro Leagues. MLB is proud to, to highlight the contributions of the pioneers who played from 1920 to 1948. Right. All Negro League statistics will now be incorporated into major major league. Yeah. It's all canon now. <laughs> <laughs> um, the timelines met up. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, we went real nerd there. Yeah. Uh, so what I think is cool, I just can't wait to see what stats come out of that, like where you're going to find like, uh, you know how like some some pitcher will do have some obscure stat, like somehow struck out five people in one inning or something because of pass <laughs> balls. Or, yeah. And and they're going to be like, well, the only other time that happened was so and so from the Negro League. And you're going to be like, that's awesome. Yeah. I mean, it's a to the, you know, it's about it's about thirty four hundred players who made up the Negro Leagues. So <laughs> it's like we've talked so many times about Brandon Phillips has mentioned it. And like we talked about how players. Um, you know, African-Americans don't want to play baseball. And I feel like baseball hasn't been very inviting to African-Americans. And it's cool to see them maybe start turning it around because we all want to see baseball continue to thrive. And I think this is a crucial step in that direction. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Um, you know, like guys like Satchel Page, like we, we know these names, but, you know, to have an official that these are now major league stats is just Epic for us. Well, I, 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 I see what comes of it. Like, I can't wait to find out that Pete Rose isn't the all-time hit king. <laughs> <laughs> this would be some guy we've literally never heard like of. Like the coolest nickname ever. <laughs> All right, so we're off to a great start already. Uh, let's get to the outline of the episode. We'll start with Scotty's scoreboard stumper. We actually are reviving Tweet of the Week because we got a really good one about our favorite player, Trevor Bauer. Uh, we have three notable jabronis. Uh, we will get into our inductee, Christian Okoye. Uh, we have some thoughts and prayers, and we'll wrap things up and get you ready for Christmas. Yeah. Okay, so without further ado, Scotty, hit me with that scoreboard stumper. Scoreboard stumper is as follows. The Steelers started the season 11-0, and and then they dropped two in a row. What I want to know is, when's, when is the last time a team started with double-digit wins without a loss and won the Super Bowl? Was it the Packers? Was it the Panthers? Was it the Broncos? Or was it the Falcons? I'll say that I love that you're starting to do the multiple choice thing now. It makes me feel like I actually have a prayer at getting it. Um, I really, really, really want to say Panthers, that Cam Newton, Ron Rivera team, his MVP year. But I just have this feeling that that's not it. Yeah, they had um, to have won the Super Bowl, too. Yeah, exactly, because I think they went undefeated in the regular season, and so there's no way they won the Super Bowl because then this would be not much of a stumper. We would all remember that. Um, what were the other choices? I'm sorry. Oh, uh, <laughs> I said Packers, Panthers, Broncos, and Falcons. I kind of threw the Falcons as a throwaway one. I'm going to go with Packers. 
All right. We'll see at the end we'll of the see. episode. We'll see. Yeah, we'll get into that after we um, deep dive Christian Okoye. Um, <laughs> <laughs> uh, let's get into the tweet of the week. I think you have it. Oh, let me see. I've got this right here. It was uh, from op- Optimistic Reds fans um, at Cincy Reds Nation. It says, I'm convinced Trevor Bauer may never announce what team he's signing with. He'll just keep it a secret until opening day when we all see him in some team's dugout. <laughs> that would be the Trevor Bauer thing to do. <laughs> and he's just in his dugout, like, with a camera on him, and he's, like, YouTube living. <laughs> he's yeah. like, yup, here I am. No, no, TBS will be making fun of his workouts before the game, and that's how we'll know. But he won't be wearing either team's uniform. So it'll be like, so we know he's here, so it's either one of these teams. By the time he's, you know, the game starts, we'll know. <laughs> It's like he's cutting one of those weird commercials where they can't use the rights to the Yankees logo or whatever. So the player's just wearing like a blank hat and a blank jersey. Yeah, it's like when you create your he's own player in the video up. game. Yes, exactly. <laughs> yeah. I mean, the, the MLB, like, I guess the commentators went way too far in making fun of his, like, pregame regimen. Oh, I hated that when yeah, they did like, that. Dude, you're. you're <laughs> You're going to make fun of this guy and he wins the Cy Young? Shut going it. after Trevor Bauer is like going after Stone Cold Steve Austin. It just <laughs> it doesn't make any sense. Like you're not in the end you're not going to win. Yeah, the results speak for themselves. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so let's get into our notable jabronis. I am really excited about notable jabronis today. We've got 3 of them. Um they're all football related. Yeah, and they're not groups of people for a change. And as usual, they are uh, head coach related. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, who do you want to start with? Oh, let's go with Doug Peterson. Doug Peterson. Yeah, coach of the Eagles. Um, he the the Eagles beat the Saints. The pretty much the Saints are the best team in the NFC. Ten and two. They were uh, playing with Taysom I mean, Hill, but their defense is very strong, regardless. Like one of the best teams. They hadn't given up a one hundred yard rusher in. It was something like 28 games or something. Yeah. And Sanders and Hurts both went over. Yeah, they lit them up. (laughs) Um, And Peterson was saying after the game that he still doesn't know who to pick as a starting quarterback between Jalen Hurts, who led his team to a victory. No one is buying this. Which is rare for an NFC East team to win something. But also, he's like... Maybe Carson Wentz, who has 14 interceptions and six fumbles on the year. This might be a great idea. Uh, Doug, you, 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 your comments about Jalen seem kind of tempered um, considering the performance. Is that because you have to take into account Carson? Um, I have to take into consideration the entire football team. You know, Jalen Jalen played, played well. Uh, obviously, we won the game, but... Um, you know, they, they, there, there's a lot of lot of good performances out there tonight, and and again, you know, as I said, defense stepped up, offensive line, you know, um, some of our young receivers, and, and obviously Jalen. So um, it's it's a start, and uh, we're excited to get the win. I mean, I get like the relationship Doug Peterson and Carson Wentz probably have, you know, very close. Like, you know, he drafted him; it was like the beginning of his career too. Like Doug Peterson, like. Things haven't been the same since Frank Frank Reich left, and it seems like he was the actual genius behind that Super Bowl team that beat the Patriots. That's just what it seems like right now. Yeah, and now he's I think he's just cutting it up with the Colts or something. Peterson like that, just yeah. looks kind of foolish. It's like I always remember thinking like any head coach that's ever won a Super Bowl, they are next tier head coach. Like to be able to do that, you're next tier. But um, I laugh that I always say tier like tier. Like I always say. <laughs> and people make fun of me all the time. But anyway, um, 
there are basically two jabroni head coaches that have won Super Bowls before this year, Mike McCarthy and, <laughs> and uh Doug Peterson. Yeah. So it's like, uh, okay, maybe there's not as much. Maybe we put it on a pedestal too much. Yeah, I, mean, I, I don't know. If you still don't know who your starter is after beating the Saints with Jalen Hurts, then maybe you should also just wear a jabroni crown maybe for the whole week. you're also part of the problem. Yeah, yeah. I'm thinking, <laughs> maybe like, you and Wentz are out like, together. Like, wait, wait, wait. Is this why it took you this long to play him? Like, you still don't get that this guy is... <laughs> Uh, oh, spe- yeah. Well, let's put. Um, we don't have him on our list here, but I think. Uh, I think it's Colin Coward should be a jabroni too for this because he's been saying for weeks like, "What's the point of even putting Hurts out there right now? It's not like he's going to do any better or make any difference. All you're going to do is create this unnecessary quarterback controversy, and then he goes out and just destroys it." Uh, uh, all right. I don't want to do that to the hurt. I like the hurt. I was doing a lot, but uh, <laughs> um, to break up the head coach ones, keep you in suspense. We'll dive into the defensive lineman from that high school uh, team in Texas. Yeah. Uh, that trucked that referee. Yeah. Uh, the This kid was like all state uh, defensive lineman, uh, defensive player of the year last year. And, all uh, state. Yeah. And he um, he got uh, ejected from a game for di- unsportsmanlike conduct and then continued that unsportsmanlike conduct on the referee himself. He ran straight out into the field and just jacked him. All right, so we got the clip of that. We'll play it right now. We got two fouls on the defense. We got a personal foul laid here on the quarterback, number 88, and an unsportsmanlike conduct, number 88, on the defense has been disqualified. So this guy has future inductee written all over him. <laughs> like, if we're still doing this show in, like, 30 years, this is that guy that's, like, most of our stories start. Like, look at Eric Blunt's story. This mirrors look at Blunt's story significantly. <laughs> I, I, I think I, I sent this to Nick originally, and it said, uh, he'll be a raider. <laughs> yeah, I think when you sent me the text with the clip, <laughs> it was like, yeah, he's going to be a raider. Yeah. Future raider. Um, last notable jabroni is Cleveland Browns head coach Kevin Stefanski. So here's the thing about Stefanski. Um, run the damn ball. <laughs> I mean, I think we targeted him this week because of the way his game ended. And if you missed it, uh, Mayfield marched down the field in 40 seconds, left a minute on the clock and gave, gave last year's reigning NFL MVP and reigning future Hall of Fame kicker Justin Tucker basically 30 yards they needed to get to put that game away with Mm -hmm. a minute left when you have maybe both of the best running backs in the NFL on your team. I mean, Chubb is up there. You could argue Hunt's up there too. When Hunt was after Hunt's rookie year, I think he led the AFC in rushing his rookie year. So you could argue when he was with the Chiefs. I think you could argue that you have maybe the two best running backs out there and you're throwing the ball. If not, the, if not the best offensive line, um, I mean, at least the healthiest offensive line from the beginning of the season, uh, just 
Clock management is awful. You got to think Lamar Jackson's going to torch you. I mean, Lamar Jackson came out came out from the locker room like Paul Pierce in the finals. It was like steroids. They yeah. had to pump him with something because he just came out. He was just a completely <laughs> different player. Somebody told him something back there. Or it was like the semi-pro thing with Will Ferrell. Uh, yeah. Like he was like knocked out. <laughs> and he has this like revelation. He goes back. I was like, I know what I need to do. I need to stop running the damn ball and throw it. Ugh. It was um, it was game of the year, definitely game of the year content. But you know the Browns be the Browns and they be losing. I just you know, and I do I do think Stefanski is the coach. I shouldn't say this while we're jabbernizing him. I just think he a lot of these young coaches they just they're all so pass first. I mm-hmm. think it's because a lot of them are probably ex quarterbacks. But I mean, you see what the teams do that can run the ball. The Patriots talent wise can't hang with anybody but the fact that they'll have their quarterback run it 15 times and two or three different running backs run it 10 15 20 times they prevent teams from being able to put them away because they only get six possessions the whole yeah, game yeah. when you have you know 18 minutes of time of possession for the whole like game when your quarterback yeah like sure like all right best case scenario Mayfield marches down the field 30 seconds and puts your poor defense back on the field every 30 seconds or you know, he's turnover prone and you turn the ball over. Just run the ball, eat some clock, save your defense. These young coaches don't get it, man. I mean, at that point, they were playing for a tie anyway. But, you know, the, they, they marched down to tie the game, not to win the game, to tie it. And then Lamar Jackson came out, came out and just shoved it in their face. That's exactly why they needed to make sure that they didn't leave any time on the clock. Yeah. Because then the you're g- potentially giving them two opportunities. They get a minute to try to march down, and if they don't get it, they could win the toss and get another chance. And, so, and the game ended on a safety, just, just for Cleveland. That was, I mean, you can call that a safety. I don't know. <laughs> that was something. I would call that like a Bengals special teams play. I don't. Oh yeah, that was pretty weird. Just, it's just called a snap from under center. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So without further ado, let's get into this week's inductee, the Nigerian nightmare, Christian. Okoye. Christian Emeka Okoye was born August 16th, 1961 in Enugu, Nigeria, as a member of the Igbo ethnic group. Growing up, Okoye mainly played soccer, while also competing as a sprinter and thrower on a high school track and field team. When Christian arrived in the U.S. at the age of 21, he joined the track and field squad at California's Azusa Pacific University. So he's 21 and still hasn't played football yet, so this is interesting already. Okoye excelled athletically, winning seven college titles in shot put, hammer throw, and discus. Despite having attained marks more than sufficient to qualify, Christian was left off the 1984 Nigerian Olympic team. Frustrated, he turned his attention to football, though after observing his first actual football game, Okoye had noted that it was boring. Christian didn't enjoy the roughness of football, nor had he picked a football up until the ripe age of 23. But with encouragement from friends, he committed himself to the sport. Oh, it's all sorts of, it's all sorts of boring. <laughs> Okoye was a daunting force on the football field, standing at 6'1 and 260 pounds. He ran a 4.45 second 40-yard dash. Wow. This rare combination of size, talent, and athletic ability was enough to raise the eyebrows of quite a few NFL scouts after just three years of competitive play. The Kansas City Chiefs would draft Christian Okoye in the second round of the 1987 NFL draft, and the rookie would turn heads, bench pressing 405 pounds, and could easily power clean lift 395. 
Chief Safety Duran Cherry on Okoye said, Back in the day, everyone started talking about big 300-pound linemen. Christian was sitting in the locker room right before a game one day, and I was like, Christian, step on the scale. We had one of those big scales. He's got his helmet, shoulder pads, everything. He steps on the scale, and the dude was 300 freaking pounds. <laughs> and I said, you got to be kidding me. <laughs> By the fourth quarter, they didn't even want to tackle him anymore. Be exhausting. <laughs> <laughs> Okoye enjoyed his first NFL season, rushing for 660 yards on 157 carries in his role as a bruising fullback. The following season, Christian would be sidelined with thumb injuries, though he did see some action collecting 473 yards in the 88 season. In 1989, Okoye would step into the spotlight, leading the league in both rushing attempts with 370 and rushing yards with 1,480. Mm -hmm. The Chiefs would miss the playoffs, but Christian was named the AFC Offensive Player of the Year by UPI and earned himself a trip to Hawaii for the Pro Bowl. In the process, Okoye also reached the record books, becoming one of nine running backs in history to rush the ball 30 plus times in five or more games in one season those others on that list held an average weight of 230 pounds <laughs> yeah, they're elite company too <laughs> the 1990 season would not prove as successful as christian would finish with just 805 yards citing a nagging knee injury injury that would follow him the rest of his career Okoye would bounce back in 91 carrying the rock for 1031 yards and in a second pro bowl appearance Christian was now well-known around the league, but would also become famous amongst video gamers. Nintendo's Super Tecmo Bowl is still revered to this day for its quirks, throwing 100-yard passes with Dan Marino, Bruce Smith mauling blockers, Barry Sanders was practically Teflon. In the game, <laughs> Okoye's quirk was that he was practically impossible to tackle, lending him the nickname the Nigerian Nightmare. Oh, uh, don't think I didn't notice your whole, um, he bounced back in 91 like that wasn't a fat joke about a 260-pound <laughs> <laughs> Real life wouldn't pan out the same way with Okoye mostly receiving his touches in short yardage and goal line situations, finishing with 448 yards and six touchdowns in 92. In August of 1993, Kansas City placed the fullback on the injured reserve due to his knee injuries and would receive surgery on both his knees and was released on an injury settlement with the team. Okoye went home to California to rehabilitate and planned to work out for the other teams when he was 100% again, but ultimately decided to retire. Christian Okoye's last NFL snap had been an eight-yard touchdown. Run. <laughs> of, of course, of nice. course. At the time of his retirement, Okoye stood as the Chiefs' all-time leading rusher at 4,897 yards on 1,246 carries in just six seasons in the six NFL. Years. His 40 touch, touchdowns ranked third for the Chiefs behind those of Priest Holmes and Marcus Allen. Wow. Christian retired to face different challenges challenges in his life, which include spending time with his three children, daughters Tiana and Layla, and son Cozy. Okoye now works with organizations to motivate their members to focus on and achieve their goals by emphasizing drive and commitment, where he is also available as a motivational speaker. The, wow. former, the former running back is still cherished by gamers to this day. That's true. Yeah. That's <laughs> true. This classic... People always say Bo Jackson and Tech Mobile, and I'm like, no, 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 no. <laughs> I take the Chiefs. <laughs> I do think it's funny that we did LeGarrette Blunt and Christian Okoye back-to-back -back weeks. Yeah. We did the big boys that can <laughs> run fast. That can outrun people. Well, yeah, Okoye can outrun people. LeGarrette Blunt cannot outrun. LeGarrette Blunt was not like some like. I don't know. He took it to the house a lot. He yeah. really did. I don't know. Mostly against the Colts. Yeah. He wasn't going to outrun anyone, though. But, uh, I mean, like, Okoye, it said that... Um, 
if like they transferred Okoye's ability in track and field over to the 1988 Olympics, that he would have placed like seventh in discus in the world for Nigeria. <laughs> so why was he left off? I, I have no idea. You know, they they chose to do something there. Is it because he was in the states? I maybe they took it as like a disrespect. He was not happy about it. So that's like really what what drove him to football was that he was pissed about track and field. There you go. He took all that frustration <laughs> out on NFL teams. But he didn't like big hits either. But he he understood that he doled them out, and that was his job. It was Marty Schottenheimer's team too. So of course you're going to run the rock a lot. <laughs> Good old Marty Schott. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Well, hats off to Christian Okoye, this week's Legends of Sports Ball Hall of Fame inductee. So without further ado, Scotty hit me with that scoreboard stumper answer. Scoreboard stumper answer. What I wanted to know was since the Steelers went 11-0 to start the season and they're, they, you know, they may be Super Bowl favorites, uh, I want to know when's the last time a team started with double-digit wins before dropping a loss and won the Super Bowl in the same season. I said, uh, is it the Panthers, the Packers, the Broncos, or the Falcons? My gut said Panthers, but I shifted it to Packers. What was the answer? Packers was a good was a good choice. Um, the last time they did, it, did that, they went 13-0. and and they lost in the divisional round of the playoffs. Ouch. Um, they finished fifteen and two. How disappointing would that yeah. be to be fifteen and two and lose in the divisional round? Not yeah. even, not even the NFC championship. <laughs> and and, and the, the Falcons was kind of just a throwaway one. Um, the Panthers in uh, two thousand fifteen went fourteen and zero, and that was when they lost the Super Bowl. To the Broncos. To the Broncos. To Peyton Manning's, you know. Throwing ducks. Yeah, cap, cap gun. Yeah. He like, yeah, wait, that was the, what was he yelling? Omaha. Omaha. That was the yeah, Omaha Super Bowl. Gosh. <laughs> that was the one where they started, they got the ball on their, like, own 15, I think Denver did. And the, on the first play, their center threw the ball over Peyton's head into the back of the end That zone. was the, the one against the Seahawks, where the Seahawks stomped on their, oh, that the, was, yeah. yeah. That was the year before or the year after? Yeah, the, the year, year before. That was the year uh, before. Yeah, the Seahawks stomped oh, their fun reminiscing. The Good stumper. Good um, stumper. Well, the, 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 the answer, the oh, answer yeah. to actually is actually... The John Elway 1998 13-0 Broncos. Nice. Yeah. <laughs> so nice. that's actually the answer. Good um, John Elway. Yeah. Before that, it, it, it had been the Doug Williams Washington Redskins. Nice. <laughs> Gotta love Doug Williams. Oh, me too. He might be a good yeah. nominee, man. Was that Grambling? Yeah, let's do one. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, that was a good one. So let's get into thoughts and prayers. Um. Uh, let's uh, let's start with the continuing story. Uh, Sarah Fuller got the chance to finally kick some extra points. Yeah, two for two. And on her Twitter, I don't remember what the exact quote was, but the Twitter was she she credited her Harry Potter socks. For <laughs> kicking, and I just think this is what this is what it, she brings to the game. You oh know? yeah, this is what you know. Adding some femininity to the game. <laughs> like, yeah. Like that's that that's style right there. I you, love that. You, Never you, heard that one. Kicking field goals in Harry Potter socks, <laughs> like <laughs> could be a rap. <laughs> and they call Harry Potter nerds nerds. 
<laughs> yeah, they're not even real nerds because yeah. they're transphobes. But anyway, <laughs> uh, let's talk about the Cleveland mascot. They're, oh, they yeah. decided they're changing the mascot name, right? And I guess we had we had kind of hinted at talking about this on our Facebook, but yeah. Yeah, uh, I I put up a graphic. It's it's like the Cleveland the Cleveland C. Same colors. With, yeah, too. same colors. It's, it's the same like you know font for the C, but it has like eight legs coming out of it. So it's the Cleveland Spiders. I like and that. I, I like that. I mean, the Cleveland Spiders was actually a um, a team from. 1870 i think it was 1877 to uh 1899 uh team yeah they were an actual baseball team yeah i I don't know if you check out the graphic i would definitely wear that gear like with with the cleveland spiders i think that that'd be really cool ad campaign for them pretty much all right we have some announcements the scuttlebutt (laughs) I was going to try to coax you into saying the scuttle, but <laughs> um, first, we've got two episodes left in this season. Yes, indeed. One more inductee left. Yeah. He'll be inducted next week on our special, very special Christmas episode. Yeah, Stephon Marbury. Stephon Marbury. <clears throat> NBA player. Yeah. Um, we will have a special format, much like we did the Halloween episode, if you didn't. Listen to that yet? That was the Bo Diaz episode. Go back and check that out if you're interested. Um, interested in what special format might entail. Gonna get weird. And then the uh, season finale of sorts of this year's or this season's pod is the Sporties. Yes, our first annual Sporties, where we hand out golden peaches to uh, such categories as Phoner of the Year, Jabroni of the Year, even the year yeah there's gonna be i think six categories in all yeah so so only two episodes left of this season but uh very fun things happening yes like yeah <laughs> all right so don't forget to subscribe to our weekly podcast and check out our other episodes available on iHeartRadio, spotify apple and more Find us on Facebook and follow us on Twitter at L Sports Ball. That's at the letter L Sports Ball. Uh, tune in next week when we deep dive Stefan Marbury. Thank you once again for listening to Legends of Sports Ball. May the sports be with you. Always. <laughs>